0: This is Auto Line this week, the show that gets you inside the global automotive industry. Auto Line this week partnered with the Consulate General of Canada in Detroit to produce this episode. Hi, I'm John McRoy, and
1: welcome to Auto Line this week. Today we're going to be talking about the Chinese market. As you know, it's grown to be the biggest car market in the world, roughly the size of the American and European markets put together, but have foreign automakers become a little too reliant on the Chinese market? That's what we're going to dive into today. And my two guests are Michael Dunn, the founder and CEO of Zozo Go Consultancy, and also Tu Lee, coming in from Beijing today. He's the head of Sino Auto Insights. Again, you know, very insightful uh, observations of what's going on in the Chinese market and elsewhere. And Mike and Tu, great to have the both of you here.
2: John, thanks for having us. So Terrific to be with you,
1: John. So, two, I'm going to throw it out to you just to get the conversation going. Have foreign automakers become too reliant on the Chinese market?
2: You know, I think one in particular has. I think Volkswagen um, has been here almost 40 years and um, they have made China their cash cow. 50% of their profits come out of China. Uh, but they haven't been able to press reset on the EV sector because right now the ICE sector or the, you know, petrol vehicles are are on a a downturn and EVs are growing like crazy. Uh, Just last week, BYD announced that they're going to stop making ICE vehicles full stop and focusing straight on EVs. And so um, one that one company is uh, very, very, very reliant on, uh, on the China EV sector or the China sector, but I think, I think more would want to be because it's the only growing major market in the world. So,
1: Mike, how do you see it? Hey, foreign automakers become no. too, too reliant on the Chinese market.
0: John, I have a slightly different take on it. I feel as though for global auto brands, especially mass market brands, The sun is setting quickly in China, the party's over, the days of record growth and profits are no longer. And for many global brands, with a couple of exceptions, their days are actually numbered in China. If you look at sales of GM, Ford, Chrysler, you know, our Detroit boys, they're down between 30 and 60% from their peak, likewise with profits. So it's getting increasingly difficult to compete in China and make money from there. So the only thing worse than being too reliant on the China market is not being needed anymore in the China market. And that's <laughs> the reality. I think that several global automakers today face.
1: So what's changed? Why, why have GM, Ford, even Volkswagen come down from the high spot that they were in four or five years ago.
0: Right. It looks like if you look at it from a consumer's point of view in the early days, like the nineties and the two thousands, when Chinese started to buy cars in big numbers, Consumers cared about two things. One was reliability. That really played to Volkswagen. Oh, the German quality is very good. Zhe liang And then the other thing was prestige. Oh, I've got an American Buick I can show my friends. This is fantastic. And in the early days, Chinese brands didn't offer either one. Today, Chinese brands like BYD, Great Wall, uh, Geely and others really are delivering high quality vehicles at affordable prices. So that leaves only like the prestige factor that's available to global brands. And this is one of the reasons why Audi, Mercedes and BMW continue to sell in record numbers there. That's sort of the safe space. But your big middle ground is be- being eaten up by the Chinese as Chinese consumers go increasingly to Chinese brands.
1: Two, what makes the, the, the mid-market Chinese brands so good right now? What sets them apart or makes them equally competitive to their foreign co- counterparts?
2: Well, I think Mike brings up a really great point because the design and the quality and the reliability has really caught up. You know, over the last 25, 30 years, they have learned from the joint venture partners. And then also um, the Chinese market has really evolved from a feature standpoint, from a, from a need standpoint. So Mike had talked about reliability and, you know, uh, so quality is great from the foreign automakers. But now the two features that most Chinese consumers want are going to be safety, and they're going to want connectivity. Connectivity, you're right, too. Yeah, the Chinese automakers are really, really able to lean into that stuff. Now, will it export to Europe and the United States? That remains to be seen. But we have to remember that a Cadillac owner in China is, on average, probably about 20 years younger than a Cadillac owner in the United States or an Audi owner in, in Germany. And so that market is much more dynamic. They're more digitally native. And so I think the, uh, the, the Chinese, even, even the SOEs, are able to bring more features that uh, are going to resonate with that target market better than the foreign automakers.
1: And I'll just interject for those who don't know, state-owned enterprises. <laughs> the government-owned car companies is what you're referring to there in SOE. And that, that, That's right. Let, let's get into that. Talk to me about the the SOEs, the state owned, the government owned car companies versus the independents, because up to now, every example that you've given me has been the independents, not the government owned ones.
2: Yeah, so technically, there's three independent. I mean, they lean heavily on their provincial governments for support. So that would be Geely, Great Wall, and BYD, um, and they're they're actually very dynamic. Uh, holding companies that have multiple brands, BYD being the exception, because Great Wall has four or five different brands, and they really specialize on the SUV um, segment, although they do have a brand new EV brand that's supposed to be focused on women. Uh, And then there's the SOE, so SAIC, which has joint ventures with General Motors and and Volkswagen. So they are typically known as the best run uh, SOE, and then there are more of the regional ones, F-A-W, First Auto, and uh, GAC, which has joint ventures with Jeep. And I know I'm missing one or two, Uh, BAC, so there's Beijing Automotive. But they're, uh, you know, with the exception of an SAIC and a few of the other ones, they're much more focused on uh, fleet and the the lower end of the market, the joint ventures allow them to – build cars that are going to have some cachet with the more upscale market here in China. But are the the SOEs are it seems to me the the more independent
1: ones are the more dynamic companies, the ones that are really moving the needle, especially when you come to the EV startups. Or or do you do I have that wrong? Are are the government owned ones equally as dynamic?
2: No, I think the I think you're absolutely right cuz Geely Um, They're they're actually owning, they they own Volvo, they own Polestar, they own Lotus. And so they're looking to become all the, all three of the independents are looking to go international very quickly. Uh, Great wall has bid on a factory in Spain. They're also looking at a factory in Brazil. And then um, Geely is looking to export Lotus. Um, They just, launched a new SUV from Lotus that they're looking to sell internationally. And so all three of those companies have grand ambitions to be global very quickly, more so than the SOEs. So, yeah.
1: So, Mike, what do you think? Uh, If you had your money to invest, SOE or independent?
0: Oh, (laughs) that's a great question. So one of the ways to think about it is three chapters. So in the beginning, China's ambition has always been to build a world-class auto industry, like in Japan, like in Germany, the United States, so how do you get there? First phase, the state enterprises formed these joint ventures with global automakers, the Toyotas, Hondas, Volkswagens, Mercedes, all over the country, and to a large extent, the state enterprises thrived because of the profits they made by building and selling these global brands. But where was the Chinese brand? Here comes along these three independents, G. Great Wall, and BYD. An improvement over the state enterprises, but still not really world-class in terms of technology and innovation. Today, we see the emergence of handfuls of really impressive new EV startups like Neo and Xpeng and Li Auto. I know too, you mentioned you had just driven the Li Auto product recently. Those are really genuinely world-class vehicles, including autonomous features, electrification, the range, the connectivity, it's all there. And you start to see, well, where would I put my bets in terms of competitiveness these new EV startups look really attractive and they enjoy the full support of policymakers in Beijing who are finally saying we finally have cars to be <laughs> proud of we can export them to Europe people want these cars so that's sort of how where my bets would go the more tech advanced tech oriented software driven companies we're seeing just arise now
1: so too how worried should foreign automakers be especially the the luxury brands the Germans I guess you could throw Lexus and Cadillac in there as well. How worried should they be about this upsurge of very competitive electric cars coming out of China, premium electric cars?
2: So I've sat in a few Neos. I've sat in some Xpong, some WMs. Uh, some, I just drove a Li Auto, a Li One for about a week last week. And um, I'm, I'm originally from Detroit, as you guys know. So my first job was at Orient Assembly. So I'm steeped in the whole how the door should sound when it slams, the fit finish, you know, how how everything should kind of fit together and the fitment of everything. And I got to say, a week with that Lee 1, I was completely impressed. Uh, you know, the, the door sound was about right. Uh, it, it's a heavy car uh, and, and and a larger car. But. The, the panel gaps were correct, and um, the steering was light but responsive. And so, I and to top it off, it was less than 400,000 RMB, which is less than $60,000 for, for a full-size SUV that's going to compete directly against an X5. And so i have not been able to drive the new neo et7 the premium sedan that's about the size of a model s but you know china twitter and neo is is a global brand because foreigners can buy its adrs Mm -hmm. and so a lot of investors are looking at neo to be kind of sort of the next tesla and so the et7 has gotten a ton of positive press and if i was bmw and with the 5 series i'd be pretty worried because it's a sharp looking car uh if you haven't seen it just google neo et7 i think you're going to be pretty impressed so yeah mike let's
1: get your input on this because i mean that's what the 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 topic of today's show is is there an over-reliance on the chinese market Hmm. and if uh the german brands particularly i don't want to just single them out but they are so reliant on the chinese market Do they have the chance of losing all that as the industry converts to electric?
0: They definitely have an eye on what happened here in California as Tesla took share, chunks of share away from BMW to start with, Mercedes and Audi. So they say, oh, that's definitely a possibility in China, our most lucrative market. So they're concerned for sure. Uh, Just to relate a recent conversation, I was talking to a very senior executive at Mercedes-Benz who recently left mercedes after working there for many years. And I asked him about the Neo products. And he said, the best in the world, best in the world. That was a shocker to me. Not uh, almost as good as us, but right there and even better in some respects. So for people who want to get their mind around, like, how good are these cars? You've got seasoned executives saying, these these are the real deal. Yeah. And
2: And if you let me interject, John, for a second, these are EV first companies, number one. So the design is, you know, in mind for, you know, a battery pack that, you know, fits the, the, the platform. And then number two, 60, 65% of their employees are software developers, okay? Mm-hmm. So they're gonna be right there with the Teslas. Now Tesla has a lot more experience and is a bit more vertically integrated. Uh, when they 're when they 're when you look at their software hardware stack, but you know for a neo that 's uh, been around since two thousand and seventeen it 's still pretty impressive what they 're able to accomplish and what they 've been able to put on the road and their features are very 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 technology forward uh, as opposed to a Volkswagen who I would argue that the id series technology features aren 't even up to par to um, to anything that's pretty typical in China. Well, that's and a real so, problem for
1: Volkswagen, right? I mean, right. the ID4 is really not selling in the numbers that Volkswagen needs it to be selling in China or the United States or Europe for that matter too. But, you know, we're, we're, we're focused on China right now here. Can they turn that around? Or can they turn it around with the ID4, number one? Can they do updates or do they need something altogether new there?
2: Well, this is the conundrum because they introduced um, three models, but it's five models because they have two joint ventures, right? And so they have th- one ID3, they have two ID4s, one from FAW and one from SAIC and, and two ID6s. And to combine those five products sold 70,000 units in 2021. They were originally forecast to sell between 80 and 100. And – what we're probably going to end up seeing is them doing a quick mid-cycle enhancement to to refresh some of the features on these vehicles because they they so Volkswagen had another problem their retail strategy right because they have all these dealers and they tried to open retail stores and so I think that confused consumers as well but you know I don't see them they're they're talking about hitting 150 160 thousand units this year. Uh, combined with the challenges for the China market and supply chain and COVID, I don't know how they get to that number, but you you never know. And th- on top of that, they don't launch a new vehicle this year. Volkswagen brand doesn't, so uh, so it just needs to sit out there for a second. But what do you, what do you think, Mike? Yeah, dude, you mentioned connectivity, and this is where I think <clears throat>
0: the Chinese are really separating themselves from the globals, in particular Volkswagen. So Consumers I've talked to in China who've bought the ID4 are really disappointed with the whole infotainment systems, calling it slow, awkward, not intuitive. If you look at the top 10 electric vehicle sales models in China last year, nine of them were Chinese. Tesla alone was the only one to be able to crack the top 10. That's a real leading indicator of just how important it is for VW and other global automakers to up their game in connectivity. There's an association, VW, reliable, good quality, solid. But, oh, my goodness, how do they, how, what, what happened to them on the software front? This is an urgent matter for VW.
1: Is it just VW? What about, like, General Motors, for example, which has also seen a big drop in sales in China, and, and profit, too?
2: So we'll see how it turns out with the Lyric. Because the lyric the Cadillac, supposed, right. yeah, the Cadillac Lyric, which is supposed to launch um, manufacturing in Shanghai later this year. Um, I've been told that uh, reservations are pretty robust, and and if they can get production started and momentum built pretty quickly, which is going to be pretty challenging in this environment, then maybe they can build some solid momentum because they're also looking Cadillac is also looking to launch that halo sedan i think the Celestique or something like that i think it's right um, and i think that's going to be chock full of technology so uh but but you know i think there's a fine balance it doesn't need to be bleeding edge because i think the Mach-E was doing well on reservations their challenge here at least was execution because BYD couldn't get them batteries fast enough and so they had to delay launch, which yeah. which really, really took away a lot of that momentum that they had when they launched the vehicle last April at the Shanghai Auto Show or Ford launched it last April. So a lot of different things going on. And I think what what we're seeing here is just the number of announcements coming at you fast and furious all the time from automakers. And so in order to keep up You got to be doing something. You got to be showing something off. And I don't think Europe or the United States is used to any type of the velocity at at which things happen here. So, right.
1: So, Mike, this doesn't sound good. Uh, The foreign automakers behind on electrics, behind on connectivity. And those are the two hottest things in the Chinese market. The future doesn't look bright.
0: Right. For foreign automakers, I think this the, the playbook is you have to move up or get seen to the, seen to the door. <laughs> so, it's like, do you offer prestige, Mercedes or BMW or Audi or Cadillac? Now, one of the knock-on effects of this, of course, Cadillac's doing okay, pretty well in China, and with the lyrical, it should do even better, but there is consequences. So Buick, which used to be considered prestigious, is now really kind of toast, middle of the road, and its sh- sales have decreased. Even worse, Chevy, which used to be the sort of mid-market brand, is is going down fast. And I wouldn't be surprised to see Chevy leave the market in the next couple of years. Uh, that's, how, that's how intense the competition is. If you're not up, not moving up, you might be moving out.
1: Can any of these electric startups really make money? I mean, you've got, you know, Xpeng, you've got Li Auto, you've got Neo, you've got On, you've got... Uh, a number of others, they're all selling in the ten to 15,000 cars a month, and n- none of them seem to be able to break out from the other. It- it's still early days. The- there's a lot of up and down month to month and the like. But I mean, even as good as these car companies are, isn't there a danger that they've just sliced the pie a little too thinly for any of them to really make money?
2: Yeah. So, so, uh, we have to look at some of these car companies a little bit differently because the Hosans or the Netas and some of these um, car companies that you had just mentioned they're they're going to be more mass market and very much domestically focused, right? So if we take a handful, Neo, Xpung, Li Auto, um, uh, Zeeker, th- so so Neo and Zeeker and and, and Xpeng to a lesser extent, uh, Li Auto. They're all going to be premium, not luxury, but premium. Okay. But then X they're going to be more mass market, right? Because uh, they're less than 250, 300,000 RMB. So less than $40,000. So when you say 15,000, what we should see is an X Pun start to, to, to move away and get more volume as the P5 ramps, as the G9. So they're, they're launching a new SUV called the G9. It's good looking. Good looking SUV it was supposed to be shown at the auto show here in April, but they delayed it, and so we'll have to wait and uh, see and kick the tires a little bit later this year. Uh, but you know, Neo is going to be launching three cars this year, and so we should also see a little bit of separation. So. These car companies, we have to remember that most of them only have one, two, three products. And I think once the the product portfolio matures a little bit, then we should see a better mature strategy from them as to how they're going to uh, really, really um, uh, separate themselves from everyone else. And the one thing I do want to re uh, to let you guys know is that right now in the premium segment, there's really only a couple of EV companies domestically in China, right? There's Neo and there's Li Auto, but there's still two or three more that are in stealth that are going to be launching in the next 18, 20 months. BYD is going to be launching a premium brand. And so the the foreign automakers, as Mike had mentioned, they still have an opportunity to grab that share. But the Etrons, you know. What what's happening with them is that they're pricing their electric vehicles extremely high for the China market. And so the Chinese um, EV companies are undercutting them. Mm-hmm. And the digital natives, one thing that's very important about the digital natives, they actually embrace Chinese domestic brands where their parents shunned them, right? And so I think that's another major difference that, that uh, needs to be uh, kind of spoken about.
0: John, I think you're, maybe another way to think about your question is where do we put, if we're going to take the money from the 529 accounts for our kids, <laughs> <laughs> where, where should we place that money if we're feeling lucky? Um, BYD Strong, NIO, Xpeng, those would be my top three. Then I think the founder of, of Li Auto, Li Xiang, he himself said one in a hundred of these companies will survive and it may, may or may not be my own company. So they're realistic. Look for three to five years from now, just a handful, those handful to be still hmm. marching on. And we have to,
2: and we have to remember that be, uh, Baidu is launching a car, Xiaomi is launching a car. And so the competition hasn't really subsided. It's just getting, so it's gonna be next gen EV mm-hmm. startups. So the first gen we're seeing already, and then next gen who are actually gonna be more technologically advanced because they're coming from the technology companies, right? So um, a, lot, a lot of different features, a lot of different design likely, so. To, 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 to pick up on that point, yeah, just, yeah. this is,
0: John, if I could just jump in, I think this is really important for global automakers to understand. So up until now, the playbook for state enterprises was we will partner with the globals in order to secure that technology and then we'll build our own cars. Now they're seeing, wait a second, we can go to our own backyard and hook up with technology companies. They'll be the ones to feed us connectivity and electrification and batteries. What, what do we need the global brands for anymore? That's a huge change in the uh, makeup of China's auto industry, the emergence of these big tech companies entering the auto industry.
1: So we're, we're, we're down to the last minute and a half here. But yeah. so too, real quickly, uh, China's encouraging more foreign investment, actually, and foreign automakers are able to uh, form joint ventures where they own a majority. Heretofore, they could not do that. Tesla, of course, owns its own thing. Mm-hmm. If you were a foreign investor, would you take advantage of this? Would you put more money into the Chinese market? Uh,
2: I I, I think I might, you know, because cause it's still going to grow, right? And so I think... Uh, if if i'm comparing to other markets then maybe yes right from an absolute standpoint there's still probably some profits to ring out of the china market if i have if i'm confident in my product portfolio
1: okay and right? i, I got to get michael in, in yeah that's, sorry that's sorry, sorry real go, ahead. Quick. go ahead mike would you invest more as a foreign automaker now in china
0: if it means i can control my business with a majority ownership yes but i'd also be realistic it doesn't mean I invest and I start making money. I invest as the ticket, the access to the market. Now I got to get to work. Connectivity, electrification.
1: Wow. This is very interesting. You know, uh, five years ago, everybody thought that uh, the sales and profits would just continue to roll in forever and ever in China. And uh, nobody seemed to count on the Chinese getting to be so competitive. Very fascinating discussion here. Michael Dunn from Zozo Go, Tu Lee from Sino Auto Insights, I really appreciate your insights and your time today.
0: Thank you so John, much for, for having, us. having us, John. Yeah, well, thank thanks, you, John. Auto Line This Week partnered with the Consulate General of Canada in Detroit to produce this episode.